Today is Pentecost. The 50th day after Easter. When the Holy Spirit came down upon the disciples who were gathered in prayer and something changed. Something was different in their lives on the day of Pentecost. What was different? They were empowered by the Holy Spirit to preach the gospel, to change the world with the love of Jesus Christ. How does that affect us? That affects us because at our confirmation, we receive the gift that happened on Pentecost. At our confirmation is when the Holy Spirit comes upon you and upon me, and we receive the power to go out and to transform the world for Jesus Christ. Some people ask a good question. They say, what does it mean to receive the Holy Spirit at confirmation if I already received the Holy Spirit at baptism? That's a really good question. And the answer is actually really simple. The Holy Spirit comes at baptism and at confirmation to do two different things. And the thing that the Holy Spirit is doing at baptism and in confirmation can be seen really clearly by the symbols, the sacraments, with a small s, that we use in the rites. In baptism, what happens? We pour water over the head of the person who is becoming a child of God. Or, even better, we immerse that person in water. Water is a sign of a lot of things, but water is a sign of cleansing. Like this morning or last night when you took a shower and you either you dunked yourself in water or water poured over you from the shower to get clean. And so in baptism, the Holy Spirit comes and cleanses us of all of our sins. And gives us the life of God. At confirmation, it's different. At confirmation, somebody, usually the bishop, lays hands on us and anoints us with oil. We see over and over again in the Bible that the priest or even sometimes the community of Christians will lay hands on somebody when they're sending them out, or when God, through the priests, through the bishops, through the apostles, through the church, is sending somebody out on mission. And this mission is a battle, a battle for which we need strength. And so we use oil, because oil, particularly olive oil, which is what we use, blessed oil, Blessed olive oil mixed with something called balsam that makes it smell really good to symbolize the Holy Spirit. This olive oil is a sign of strength because it comes from an olive tree which lasts, they tell me, for like a thousand years and which is incredibly strong. So the ancient Greeks, when they were preparing to go out for battle, they would anoint themselves 
with olive oil as a sign of strength. So, as somebody said a very long time ago, we are baptized for life. And we are confirmed for strife. In baptism, we are cleansed of our sins and given divine life. And in confirmation, we are prepared to go out into the battle, into the strife of living as a Christian in this world, into the challenges and the, and the beauties and the joys, the sufferings, the difficulties of transforming the world for Jesus Christ. And one of the ways that the church transforms the world, and remember, the church is not Pope Francis, though, though he's the visible head of the church on earth. The church is not Bishop Fowle, though he is the high priest in the person of Christ, in this diocese, and our father and our shepherd. The church is not me. The church is us, together. The Pope, the bishops, the priests, the nuns, the consecrated virgins, the monks, the friars, the deacons, the lay people. The church is us. And we are called by the grace of our confirmation, by the grace of the Holy Spirit who came down on Pentecost, which is today, to go out and to transform the world and to foster a society, a community, that lives in truth, that lives in peace, that lives in love, that lives in freedom. Yes, there will be people who don't accept the gospel, and thereby there will be divisions. Jesus said that. Yes, there will be injustices which must be fought against. But we fight against them together. On the day of Pentecost, the apostles were given the grace so that all the people there could hear them in their own language. The grace of languages, you could translate it. Grace of tongues, languages, it's glossa, and in Greek is the same word. Parthians, Medes, Elamites, Asia, Pamphylia, who knows where Pamphylia is? People from Asia, from Africa, from Europe. People from Jerusalem and from Rome. Jews, Cretans, Arabs. God wanted all of them to hear His Word, to be converted, and to live. Lord, send out Your Spirit and renew the face of the earth. Lord, send out your spirit and renew me. Renew my soul. Renew my attitudes. Renew my dispositions. And renew my family. And renew my workplace. And renew my school. And my city and my country and the world. We come to Mass today knowing that is the job of the church, which is us, to bring about or to rather cooperate with the Holy Spirit to foster truth, 
charity, peace, and goodness in the world. And we find ourselves in the midst of a great lack of peace in our own country. When we thought this horrible pandemic was going to be the biggest news story for a long time, when we grieve that over a hundred thousand people in our country, much less so many more in the rest of the world, have died of COVID-19. When we thought that that was going to be the biggest or most talked about story in the news cycle, as we're still in the midst of it, we find ourselves this week watching on, on the news or, or on the internet a man in Minnesota get killed senselessly. As if that wasn't bad enough, we find that people were rightly outraged that a man would be killed senselessly. So they decided to protest, which is a good thing. When something evil happens, then good people ought to stand up and do something about it. We do it every year. We get on our buses, we go up to Washington, D.C., and we peacefully and strongly protest against the great evil of abortion, which is allowed in our country. So, a group of people, a lot of people, saw something bad. They said, we're going to protest, and they did. And then, some other people... Some more wicked people decided that they were going to burn down a police station. Decided that they were going to go looting, which is a nice word for thievery or robbery. And we see our country descending again. to violence, murder, racism. Those things are unacceptable. In a, in a society that claims to be Christian, that is unacceptable. I, 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 you can have your opinion ab about whether America ever was a Christian nation or whatever that means. But I'll tell you this. We ain't acting like a Christian nation. And we have not been acting like a Christian nation for a long time. We're acting more like the pagan Romans than like people who are inspired by the Holy Spirit to renew the face of the earth.
So what do we do? When confronted by violence and senselessness and racism, I think there's a lot of little things that we can do that can make a big impact. I'll be really honest with you. I, I used to think that, um, oh, there's nothing for me to do because I, I, I'm, not, I'm not racist. I don't act in a racist way. There's nothing for me to do. About four years ago, I was visiting with a priest who I know, a very virtuous man, a a, a black man who's a priest. And we were talking about racism and difference and, and, and culture. He shared with me, he said, Bryce, I, I can't tell you like, the difference that it feels when I go into a store in regular clothes or when I go into a store with my collar. That they know that I'm a priest. He said, Bryce, I'll be honest with you. When I, when I go into a store in my regular clothes, like, it feels like people are looking at me, like expecting me to do something wrong. Expecting me maybe to steal something. And when I go dressed as a priest, I'm treated like a normal human being. That opened my eyes. Because this man is very virtuous. I I, I trust him, known him for a while. Um, And he doesn't overreact. Wow. He also told me a story, not a story, but he he was working with uh, with young people a lot in in those days a few years ago. And... uh, he said, I make a point to, to try to have images of saints from all different cultures and backgrounds. He said, because when, if, if I'm black or if I'm Hispanic or if I'm Asian, perhaps, and if all the pictures of saints that I see And all the stories of saints that I hear are from people who don't look like me. Then it's hard for me to believe that I can, in fact, become a saint. Wow. That makes a lot of sense. It made a whole lot of sense to me. And so, ever since four years ago, when we had that conversation... I have done my best to present examples of saints and when I'm able to, to share images of saints who are from America, who are from Europe, who are from Asia, who are from Africa, but who can, who can look like all the various people that we see. Because I want everybody to know 
that they can become a saint. Everybody to know that we are called to sanctity. That's a little thing that I can do in my life to make a little tiny difference. And I had no idea that I could do something to help until this priest told me that four years ago. I think of our... Hispanic brothers and sisters who come to this country trying to do well for the most part. Most of them. And I uh, I always try as much as I can to encourage them to preserve their language and to preserve their faith. Their Catholic faith. And our Hispanic brothers and sisters are dear to my heart because I know that if you lose your language, you lose your culture. And the reason I know that is because it happened to my people. I'm a Cajun. Very nearly 100%. My ancestors came from Lacadie when the British beat the French and when they, instead of becoming Anglican, said, no, we will remain Catholic, we will be faithful, and who were deported from France and sent here. My grandparents spoke French at home and they, they knew English. Of course, if you live in America, you should know English, right? I'm, I'm moving to Italy next year, so I'm studying Italian. My grandparents, they knew English, and they knew French. But when they went to school, they were punished, sometimes beaten, if they spoke French. That was not right. That was unjust. And that had such an effect on my grandparents' generation that most of them, very few of them, taught French to their children. And the only French that I know come from books and studying. And the Cajun culture is disappearing. We lost our language. It happened to the Irish who came to America where they found signs for when they were looking for work that said Irish need not apply or because they were all Catholic, the Catholics need not apply. It happened to the Italians. Did you know that 130 years ago, 11 Italians were lynched in New Orleans, Louisiana in the 1890s? 11 Italians, because they were Italian, were unjustly put to death lynched 
1890s. The mayor in New Orleans publicly apologized for that not too long ago. Y'all, let's not, let's not repeat the mistakes of the past. Let's not repeat the mistakes of last week or the mistakes of a hundred years ago. But no. We Christians, by the grace of our confirmation, are called or and are empowered to go out to promote unity, to promote peace, and to promote the truth. To see other human beings as other human beings. I encourage you and myself what are some little things that I can do? Maybe, maybe it is just giving some words of encouragement to people who are trying to live a different life than maybe the one that was handed to them. Some words of encouragement to people who are trying to preserve their language and their culture while legitimately assimilating as we all come together in this great country. Maybe it is protesting. Or maybe it is saying things out loud to your friends, to your family at work, on social media. Maybe, maybe, it's, maybe it's just reading. Or, or maybe it's talking to somebody. Bishop Fobb suggested this to us the other day. Talking to somebody who's different than you. I, I, I tell you, having that, that conversation with that priest whose skin happens to be a different color than mine, really opened my eyes to what he was going through. I had no idea. It helped me to, to love people just a little bit better. So I invite us this week to ask the Lord for some inspiration, some little things that we can do. And to make this prayer. Very simple prayer. Starts from the Bible. Lord, send out your spirit and renew the face of the earth. Lord, send out your spirit and start with me.